Thank you for listening to episode four, What Are We Aiming For?, which is part of a series called Being Salt and Light in the 21st Century. There is an old Western movie called El Dorado, and in that movie, there is a rather humorous scene. Even if you're not into Westerns, please just go along with this anyway. The hero, Cole Thornton, is trying to teach Mrs. Zippy, who is an absolute rookie, how to shoot a gun. Cole Thornton, he's the hero in the movie, so he picks his spot, aims, fires, and of course, he hits his target. Now comes Mrs. Zippy's turn. I think it's maybe the first time he's ever used a gun. So he aims his six-shooter, fires, and hits a tiny cactus. Cole Thornton is mega impressed with this. That is, until Mrs. Zippy owns up to actually aiming a few yards away and totally missing the target. So to call Thornton, Mrs. Zippy's attempt seemed like a success when actually it was a failure. You might be able to drive a golf ball 200 yards, but you only know if it's a good shot if it's in the direction of the hole. You might be great at growing yellow flowers in your garden, but if they're dandelions and you're not trying to, and in fact you're trying to get rid of them, then actually you've not succeeded. You only know if you've succeeded or not, if you've achieved something, if you know what you're aiming for. So what are we aiming for as Christians? There are many things, many calls on our lives. One of them is to grow in um, our likeness of Jesus, to become more godly and holy. But another key element of, of what we're aiming for in our Christian life is to fulfill the Great Commission and doing what Jesus instructed when he said, go and make disciples. I think it's because of that Paul and then Peter write, write these things. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Paul, his ambition, his aim. What, a, what success looks like is to proclaim the gospel. For Peter, always be ready. And why is that? Well, something else Paul wrote. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So through the gospel, it's through the gospel that people come to salvation. It should be the burning desire of our hearts, our aim to want to see people to come into salvation. And so the gospel must be proclaimed for that to happen. God receives glory through people coming to cherish, depend on the Lord Jesus for rescue. When people do that, they are brought into his family. And, and these people, the family of God, are those who, who know joy, purpose, meaning and hope, something we're experiencing. And we want to see more people added to the family of God. We could look at this slightly differently. Jesus commands us to love God. Well, this was when he was asked the greatest commandment to love God with all our strength and also to love our neighbours. 
So to love God, one of the ways that we show we love God is by obeying what he has said. And he has commanded us to speak the good news about Jesus to those we come in contact with. How do we love our neighbour? It is a loving thing to tell somebody about Jesus, even if they don't want to hear it. It is a loving thing to know that rescue, eternal rescue is available. And so we love God and we love our neighbours by sharing the gospel. And a, a huge chunk of this series, being salt and light in the 21st century, is all to do with sharing the gospel. Previously, in our last couple of episodes, we thought about first steps in just simply having conversation or reaching out to people, both strangers and neighbours. But it is really important that we know what we are aiming for. Our aim is to share the gospel. So saying to somebody, somebody I attend church is a fantastic, important first step. But as yet, we've not got to the gospel. Telling someone I'm a Christian is heading in the right direction. But again, it's not yet explained the gospel. Something is still lacking. After we've done these things, we cannot sit back and think the job is done. It isn't. We need to explain what Jesus has done and the difference he makes in a person's life. This isn't easy. Jesus didn't say it would be. But it is what we are commanded to do. Recently, I've been lent a book called Brave by Faith, which was written by Alistair Begg. In chapter four, he, and then chapter four is called Speak Out Because God is Big. In chapter four, he writes this. In the West, there is no doubt that in many ways, talking to non-Christians, be they neighbours and colleagues or presidents and kings, is harder than it was a generation ago, even than a few years ago. The West's Christian heritage is draining away. Those we speak with are often either apathetic about or antagonistic toward the gospel message. Talk about Jesus and you risk being met, not with interest or politeness, but with hostility and rejection. And so many of us don't. And not speaking about Jesus, we notice that no one around us is coming to faith. And so we conclude that no one ever will. Our silence becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. What is the answer? It is to remember what our part is in evangelism and what God's part is. Now, in the rest of chapter four in Alistair's book, he explains our responsibility and God's responsibility. Our responsibility is to preach the gospel. God is the one who opens hearts and transforms lives. So this is his closing paragraph. Your job and mine is not to convert people. It is to communicate the gospel. God is big enough to do the rest according to his sovereign plan to build his church. So what are we aiming for? We are aiming to communicate the gospel. And I think there are a couple of ways that we can do that. And this isn't an either or, it's a both and. I think we can do this by personally sharing the gospel with somebody. Or we can facilitate somebody hearing the gospel by somebody else sharing the gospel with them, if that makes sense. So let's call them the direct and the indirect method. Let me start with the indirect method to try and make that a bit clearer what I mean. So one of the ways that we can, I think, fulfill the Great Commission in communicating the gospel is by facilitating for somebody to hear the gospel. So 
that doesn't mean we're explaining the gospel. It means we're allowing somebody else to share the gospel with them. And that can be done in many ways. We give them a gospel leaflet. If we give someone a leaflet containing the gospel and they read it, we have shared the gospel with them. Somebody else, someone that's written a tract, has explained it to them, but we have facilitated that. Or we could give somebody a Bible for them to read. Or we could invite them to an event and take them to that event or allow them to go on their own. An event where the gospel is clearly explained. That might be a church service or some gospel outreach event. So that's the indirect method. Somebody else explains the gospel to that person. You've passed on the tract. You've passed on the Bible. Through your invitation, they've attended a gospel meeting. Of course, all this goes without saying is covered in prayer. And all those things are great, really great. But then there is what I'm going to call the direct method. And this is where you personally explain the gospel to someone. Again, this can be done in a few ways. Let me give you some examples. You could literally just there and then on the spot within five minutes, give a brief overview of the gospel. Or you could do some form of structured course with a person such as Christianity Explored or Two Ways to Live. You could do that in their living room over a number of weeks. You could read the Bible with someone again over a number of weeks, just going through a gospel. Or you could use a book, say, something like The Word One-to-One, -one, which helps you to do that. You could share your testimony with somebody. That is, as long as you contain the gospel in your testimony. Personal testimonies are great, but they do need to contain what the gospel is to have shared the gospel. So it's not our life story that saves someone, is it? It's the life story of Jesus that saves somebody. And knowing that we can do these things, we can prepare in advance, rehearse what we would say if we had the opportunity. One of the things we can rehearse is a gospel overview. So I have a gospel, very basic gospel overview in my mind, and I would say this differently depending on who I'm speaking to or the context, uh, how long I have. But my very brief overview is to say that God created the world. He created us. Because of that, we belong to him. We do not live in the way that God wants us to. There is a penalty for not living the way God wants us to, and that penalty is eternal death. That's bad news. We all deserve eternal death. But God has done something to rescue us by sending his son, Jesus, into this world. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. He didn't deserve judgment, but he died on the cross, not for his own sin. He had none, but for ours, for our wrong. On the third day, he rose again, defeating death. And now he's seated with his father. But one day he's going to return to judge the world. Everyone who believes this good news turns from their own way and, and begins to follow God's way. All these people do not need to fear judgment, but instead receive everlasting life. So let me, that's my very brief overview. Uh, let me tell you how this worked in practice just a few weeks back. A few weeks back, um, I shared that gospel outline with somebody on Heath Road. I've been praying for him for a number of weeks. I've done some of the things that both Liz and Peter suggested and Andrew suggested. So I, I, I learned his name. I started conversation, mentioned the church connection. He is a Manchester United fan given away by his shirt. So I'm, you know, not an avid, avid football fan anymore, really. I don't really follow it that much like I used to, but I, I certainly follow it a bit. And so that was a good conversation um, place, a 
conversation we could have. I, he's a Man United fan. I'm a Liverpool fan. We had a bit of banter about that. Anyway, just a couple of weeks ago, as I was, I, I can't remember, returning from somewhere. Oh, I'd, I'd seen someone from church. So I had a Bible in my back pocket, actually. I bumped into him and he actually asked me, how are things going at church? And as the conversation went along, I asked him, you know, if he's been to church, what he believes. He explained and then, then I asked if I could share what I believed with him. He said, yes. And like I said, I had my Bible in my back pocket. So I actually turned to John 3.16 after the gospel overview that I just said a few moments ago. And I told him, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I said, how you can put your own name in there. So for God so loved Michael that he gave his one and only son that if Michael believes in him, Michael shall not perish, but Michael will have everlasting life. And I said to him, you can put your name in there. And he seemed visibly touched by what I'd explained. And so I asked him if he'd like a leaflet that explains a little bit more. Unfortunately, I wasn't intentional enough to have one in my pocket, but I popped home and took one back for him. I asked him um, if he'd be interested in attending church. I'm praying for him. Next time I see him, I'll follow all that stuff up about church and if he's read the leaflet and what he thought about it. Now, why have I told you that? I've certainly not told you that to act like I'm an amazing evangelist. I'm really not. Other than him and another guy a few weeks before that, um, I've, it's been too long since I've had really good gospel conversations with people. I've told you that to encourage you because, yes, even though some people may resist, even though some people may be hostile, people will listen. As you take an interest, people will listen. And who knows what God can do with that? I think the Alice Abed quote really does hit the nail on the head. We fear hostility and rejection, which sometimes isn't the case. But because of that, many of us don't share the gospel. And then Alice Begg writes this, I'm, I'm not speaking about Jesus. We notice that no one around us is coming to faith. And so we conclude that no one ever will. And I share that story with you just to give you courage and confidence to speak up. If people around you are not coming to faith, is it because you're not sharing the gospel with people? Now, you might be sharing the gospel with people. You might be sharing the gospel with one person a week and people aren't coming to faith. If that's the case, well, that's OK. As long as you're being faithful, as long as I'm being faithful. See, it's our aim. We want to see people to come to faith. But our aim is to share the gospel, to do what God has called us to do and leave the rest to him. Now, this week, this episode hasn't been a conversation like we've had the last couple of times, but hopefully I've given you some very practical things that you can do. Just one more note before I close. I think sometimes what can be really difficult, and I've been stood there having conversations with people, just thinking, how can I turn this conversation into something meaningful and worthwhile? And I think sometimes we think it's going to go really weird as soon as we talk about anything spiritual. In my experience, that's not the case. I think it's just us that think things are going to go weird. And one of the things I think is useful is to have a few questions in our minds that we can ask. And so those questions might be things like, do you believe there's more to life than this? What do you believe about Jesus? Have you ever read the Bible? What did you think? Have you ever attended church? What do you think happens when we die? Can I pray for you? And if so, what? 
I think those questions, just having some questions in your mind are really useful things to help speak about things that are meaningful. So hopefully that's been helpful. And let me please urge you just to seek to obey Jesus in this area. Step out in faith. Be courageous with God's help. I'm going to close with a prayer. This is my prayer for me and also my prayer for our church family. Let's pray. Father, would you please give me, please give our Hope Church family hearts that are burning to see people come into faith. Because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.